0: That tremendous skit, that mime, is not fake. Maybe some of the results may be, but those are the events that seem to happen in relationships. I want to encourage you, as you look in the Scripture with me today, to follow along with a relationship that was barreled and in great trouble, and how the Lord Himself exampled and showed to us in John chapter 4, If you would turn with me there, please. John chapter 4, and how the Lord set the standard in how to mend relationships and invite people to himself. Invite those who are far from him, invite those who may even be among us, and invite those to Christ. So look with me, please, to John chapter 4. This is the second part In our September series called Your Invited Home, you may have seen the cards that are on your chairs. Your Invited Home comes from the book of John. The theme that we are looking at comes from John chapter 4, where we see here Jesus sitting. Jesus sitting with this woman who's in great peril because her relationships are broken And I want to tell you the purpose of this series is to refresh us, recommit our lives to follow the example of Christ in the way that he shared his love, shared repentance to him by individuals who would sit, spend time, and bring others to him. Bring those who are far, those who may be near, but bring others to Him. I'll say it again. The purpose of this series throughout the month of September is to recommit and refresh our hearts in inviting people by saying, as we do as a church, you're invited home to Christ the Savior. For those who have wandered far from the Lord, even perhaps people who we know, people here as well, or people in our vicinities, we recognize that Jesus Christ is the Savior, the one and only Son of God, and we urge you, we encourage you, we beg you in prayer and as well with our own hearts that you commit or recommit your lives to Jesus Christ. This is your opportunity. This is your day. We encourage you. But we are also recognized that some of us, people we know who have named Jesus as Savior, have been distant, have been far away from Him as Savior. All of us need to commit to using our lives to invite to this Savior, simply invite them. To come home. And that's what this church, Grace Church Waldorf, is committed to. Your invited home. Again, I'm uh, Elder James Schaefer, and I ask you to look with me to the book of John, chapter 4. And I'll read verses 4, or correction, 1 through 7. You can follow that on the screen. And I'll read from the Bibles as well that's in your chair. John, chapter 4, in your copies. Now, when Jesus had learned that the Pharisees had heard, that he was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to the town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, wearied, as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour, or noon. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. Of all the commands that we read in the Scripture from the Great Commission, the commands of how to speak and verbalize and share the love of Christ, I want to point out to us that this In John chapter 4, is the master. Jesus Christ is the standard. How he demonstrated in this story in John chapter 4, how he simply went near someone. Just like Melissa, just like Parker, just like Curry announced. Just went near and sat with someone whose life, whose soul was in peril. And how he is the standard. Invited, invited, just simply invited to Christ, to himself. So how can we even do this? How can we even copy such a standard as this man, Jesus the Christ? We're going to do and we can do as he does. And so Jesus demonstrated in three simple invitation actions. The first one is that Jesus sat with the world that was going nowhere. The first part of verse 6. Second, Jesus sat with the weary, the worn out, and those who are threadbare, the second part of verse 6. And then last, Jesus sat, he sat with one who may be in despair, verse 7. Now Jesus, first off, sits with the world. The first part of verse 6 says, and Jacob's well was there. He demonstrated a simple action. He sat. He invited people in this world who were going nowhere. And when I say the world is going nowhere, this world cannot bring us, as we were singing, as Tim was leading us, cannot bring us to the glory of heaven. This world cannot. Only Jesus Christ can do that. And this is his heart, that he goes to this world going nowhere. I want to point out, and you can read the Scripture, he did not go to the synagogue, which is customary. He did not go sightseeing. He did not even go shopping with the disciples who had gone into the town to buy supplies. In verse 4, it says, he had to go through Samaria. He was under compulsion to go to Samaria. The word had to means must Or it was necessary. Jesus had to go to this place. And what was this place? It was the center of cult activity. It was the place of political rivalry. And it was the place of racial antinomy. There was racial horrible struggles going on in this very area. Everything about societies like I just mentioned are going nowhere. Whether it be that society and those societies then or what we experience today, these places, these societies are going nowhere. They're not bringing people to eternal change and hope. But why did Jesus have to go? Nothing was forcing him, nothing, except that he had to go to this center of world commerce, this center of world business, of daily struggles. It was called the well and that was the very place that people had to gather to get water they were going after things however that were leading them nowhere jesus demonstration demonstration applies both to those outside the church and to those inside the church that we are people in this world that seems to be going nowhere whether we admit it or not that is the place in which we now find ourselves. But Jesus sits with this world. He sits with this world even today, going nowhere to be home where he is. Those inside the church and even those outside of the church can learn from what Christ did. He is the standard. He can give eternal purpose to our lives, to bring others to know him, to bring people who we're sitting next to, people who are in our families, people who are in our neighborhoods who we barely recognize, people at work, to bring those to have eternal purpose. Jesus showed that the priority is to go to this world. And that is what he did it. And I want to point out that the world and sitting with this world has great risks. You know it does. I know it is, the, the, is, does. The main risk in sitting with this world is getting dirty. Sometimes people would rather sit with others on their own terms, sit in their comfort zones, not get dirty. It's nice when people come to church. It really is. And we love you. But we also recognize the fact that Christ and our church, this church, is willing to go out to those who don't know Jesus because we want to share the love of Jesus or to those who are far from Jesus because of some hurt, some distance. This is His priority. And even though this world is dirty, we want to go even to those places. Getting dirty may be something like going to a hospital going to a sickbed, going to jails or detention centers, shelters, crime areas, war zones, going with tax collectors and sinners. In the end of all time, Jesus praises those who went and got dirty. He says in Matthew 25, the king will say, come come. Come inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry. I was thirsty. I was a stranger. I was not clothed. I was sick. I was in prison. And you ministered to me. These are risky, dirty places. They really are. And someone may ask me, well, aren't Christians told to be separate from the world? And the answer is yes. The scripture reminds us not to associate with the practices of evil. But Christ, the master himself, God in the flesh also prays. In John chapter 17, he says, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. Don't take them out of the world, he says, but keep them from the evil one. Sometimes people use Phrase separation as an excuse. Instead, Jesus sits with this risky, dirty world that he has placed us in as well. And it is an opportunity to sit with those and invite them to grow closer to Christ, to come to Christ. So, sitting might have its risks with people in the world, but it also has rewards. The main reward is being. Near people for Christ. So Christ Himself came and dwelt among us. We're going to celebrate as we come up on the Christmas season the word Emmanuel. He dwelt with us, God with us. That is a reward that He is with us. But we also can receive a reward when we sit with the world, when we sit with people of this world for Christ. Because the scripture says, And Christ himself said, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I remember years ago, someone asked Elizabeth and me when we were going as missionaries to Mexico. And someone said, well, why would you go as a missionary to a country where the majority are Christians? And then later on in my career, someone asked, before deploying to the Middle East, they said, why would you go to a country where the majority are Muslims? Why would you do that? And the answer is the same. To be near these people, to be near them, and even if they are self-righteous or self-assured, to invite them to the only righteous son of God. Why would someone go to a communist country and return to that communist country. In a few weeks we're going to hope hear the testimony of a Cuban who was imprisoned for his faith in Christ. His name is Pastor Mario and his wife, Joaxis. He pastors here in Waldorf. And when he went and stayed in his country, this magazine article cover was published by the authors of Christianity Today. And the authorities noticed, and they hounded him and imprisoned him and placed him under arrest over 21 times. What could have possibly been his reward? And the answer is, and we'll hear shortly or soon, thousands came to Christ. House churches are still cropping up everywhere because I witnessed them just a few months ago. And people are sitting with Cubans. People are sitting with people without hope, without Christ, because it is a reward to do that, to give eternal purpose. Friends, God has given you, has given me a place to be, to sit with people going nowhere. This world is going nowhere And yet we can sit with people, whether we, you, are a middle schooler, a teen, a mom, a single person who's ill, a person who's rich, a person who's poor, who's hurting. But we, we are happy to be near those and invite them. Invite someone who may be distant from Christ. Someone who is even perhaps close to us, to Christ. To invite them to Christ. Jesus demonstrated this one simple action. This first simple action. To sit with the world going nowhere. To invite them home where he is. Now secondly, Jesus also sits with the weary. Those who are worn out. Those who are threadbare. The second part of verse 6 says, And Jesus wearied from his journey. He demonstrated a simple action. He sat and invited people who were weary, worn out, threadbare. The word weary really means to labor, leading to extreme exhaustion, extreme weariness. Now, we're experienced in weariness. We know that, we've gone through that. But Jesus Christ, the God man in the flesh, did not just make a stroll to this place in Samaria. In Sychar, he labored, he walked, he was tired, he struggled, he suffered to make this appointment, this specific time, this appointment to this group, to this person who was weary. John chapter 4 refers to all who were weary, worn out, hanging on one thread, who are threadbare. And he makes an appointment to sit with those who are weary. He specifically wants to sit with those who are weary. When you invite people, when I invite people to be near Jesus, remember Jesus himself said these words, come unto me all who are weary, and I will give you rest. So you think you know what it is to have weariness of body? Well, statistics are increasing In homes, in workplaces, in schools, there's increasing weariness in surveys and surveys and surveys. People are remarking more and more and more, so much so that over 50% change in just the previous years has been indicated in weariness of physical bodies. And we've read about more warnings, more things coming. I ask me and I ask you, are we going to reach the weary now? How about weariness of soul? We've seen issues in homes, work, bills, relationships. This world, everything is wearying the soul. And sitting with those who are weary... Though I and you are weary ourselves, is required of Christians to invite them to the Savior. Now, the Army, as we are aware in this particular weekend and those things that have taken place through the military service, but the Army has one regiment, just one army regiment that is solely dedicated to these infantry soldiers who monthly march. 27 miles in snow or desert, depending on the environment. They carry 60 to 100 pounds, and they have to complete the 27 miles in eight hours to move silently, to move without detection, no vehicles, nothing but sweat and hurt. Why would someone even do this? It's not because people enjoy marching, wearing out, tearing down, breaking up, wearing backs, feet, heads, but rather, rather a chaplain marches also with them to even jog, to go to soldier to soldier in order to encourage them and more importantly, to invite these weary souls to the Savior to follow the Lord Jesus. I want to say it again. God has given you a place, a place that no one else has to be with weary souls. No one can sit in your place. Only those who you are nearby can you sit with and invite to the Savior. You were there to invite people. Maybe you were there to invite just one person to Christ. And that brings us to the third part. Jesus sits And he sat with one, just one person. Verse 7. And it says in verse 7, And he sat with a woman of Samaria. Jesus demonstrated a simple action. Sit with and invite just one person who may be in despair. Melissa And Parker and Curry illustrated that very beautifully. Just sit and mend that relationship. But there was another couple that just recently did this, Brad and Kim McFarlane, who sat with a young lady and shared the love of Christ with this young lady. Brad and Kim, come on up.
1: Good morning, everybody. Um, My name is Kim McFarland, this is my husband Brad. And we had the honor and privilege of representing Grace Church uh, a few months ago. You might remember back as we had a community outreach with WGTS, Sticker Stop. There were several people who stopped by. Uh, They donated boxes of cereal. Uh, They picked up free stickers and some of the goodies that were there. Um, In addition to speaking with um, community members, we had the opportunity to pray for a few. I'm gonna tell you about one of them. Uh, One individual in particular stood out. She was a young girl, exited the vehicle and approached the booth and asked for prayer. She wasn't interested in any of the free goodies. Um, She explained that she was asking for prayer for her brother who was in another state. And as the WGTS representatives covered, conversed with her, um, they discovered that uh, she listens to the station. Uh, she knew that she was in a safe place. She knew she could request prayer and revealed that she was lonely. She didn't have any friends. And that was when we were invited to pray with her. <laughs> I asked her age and she was 14 years old. She had um, heard about the sticker stop on the radio and asked her mom to drive her here. Uh, Mom never got out of the vehicle. I believed we were all shocked that a 14-year-old was bold enough to come out to a public place and ask for prayer for herself under the disguise of asking for her brother. After praying for her um, for all of her requests, we were able to share and invite her to Grace Church, as well as to the youth group. I was giving her email and sent several messages, but as of yet, I have not received a reply, and I have not seen her here. But that's not what was important. Um, The important part was just having the opportunity to pray with her. And I wanna thank the leaders of Grace Church and Grace Academy for hosting this community outreach to give us that privilege. Yes.
0: When Jesus sat with one woman, Brad and Kim, one young lady, through your prayers, she heard the love of Christ. She heard that this was now an opportunity for her to give her heart to Christ. People as we are near others who need to hear not only the love of Christ, but people who we are maybe alienated from, people who are near us or far from us, that we can invite that one to be close to Christ, to come to Christ. You know, Jesus talked to this woman when he went to the world, when he went to the weary, and he went to this one, this just this one woman. It's important to recognize that Jesus cares for the one. And when he came to this woman, he didn't berate her. He didn't talk down to her. He did not accuse her. He honored her as a woman, even by spending time with her. Why would Jesus sit with one as opposed to the thousands? Because he always deals with one person at a time, a person who may be in despair. This is important to remember when we specifically are inviting people who we may be close to or who we are near, that we may be aware of the fact that some people may be in silent despair. And Jesus invites us and that one to come to him. And it's important for us to remember as a church, not many will come to church And so our focus is not so much that we always see them here, though we do and deeply desire through our outreach, but rather that you and I go to the one in order to invite them to draw closer, to come closer to Christ, or to come to Christ. Many like this woman are in despair, and she represents three reasons, three reasons people are in despair, and why we sit and invite one like her. The first reason, in this case of this woman, is that some may be from a difficult religion, and we can invite those from a difficult religion. Jesus and we can sit and invite one who is even from a difficult religion. Did you know that this woman was considered from a cult background? The very background that was in antithesis to Judaism. They were considered cult followers, and Jesus specified in his plans to go to this one. He even said it in his own words in verse 22 He said to the woman, You worship what you do not know. But he did not sit in condescension, he did not sit in correction, but in compassion. He demonstrated one simple action sit, invite, one person, even if they are from a difficult religion. Friends, I do not recommend that we talk to those with a difficult religion in order to argue. I do not recommend that we find means in which we want to debate and to dicker. I want to encourage us, and we as a church, with not only the, the information that we are sharing but also our hearts from the gospel itself that we desire to invite them not to an argument, but rather to Christ, not to contention, but to the Savior. People have different beliefs, politics, behaviors. Sometimes they lead to despair. But Jesus, the standard, invited even that one from a different religion or difficult religion to himself. He sat. He invited the one. There may be another reason why people are in despair. From different relationships. You know, Jesus, if you read in the scripture here, he did not raise the topic of sin. But he sat with this one woman from a different relationship. Jesus looked to the one woman who was in despair due to the sin of her different relationships. You think that sexual issues have been a recent problem? 2,000 years ago and way before that, even as this woman answered, she said, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you're right, for you said, I have no husband, for you've had five husbands, and the one you're living with now is not even your husband. But Jesus didn't have to name the sin. Instead, he sat and invited the one from a different, different relationship. And I'm sharing this so that we are aware because in this world there are many different relationship issues. And Jesus demonstrated with a simple action, sit and invite the one even from a different relationship to him. A third reason sometimes people may be in despair is because of divine reservations. That is that they have divine reservations about the divinity or doubts about the divinity of Christ. And Jesus listened to her when she said, I know the Messiah is coming. And when he comes, he will explain and tell us all things. I can't count The amount of conversations and people I've had with people, with individuals, who have an opinion about the Bible or about Christ or about His return, etc., etc. But Jesus and we can sit and invite them to Him. Not to disputes, but bring to Him. Jesus responded and said to her in verse 26, I, I who speak with you. Am he. What matters, friends, what matters as a church, what matters as believers is to invite one to follow Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Savior, God in the flesh who saves us from this world going nowhere. We too can sit and invite one to him. So, what does all of this matter? Well, you see on your chair the packet with a white card, and I ask you to take that three-by-five card. Maybe you did this last week. Maybe you'd like to do this again, but I'd like you to write down on that card one person who you are praying for, one soul, one person who you are estranged from, one person who you are close to, one person who is your neighbor, your coworker, your co Schoolmate, one name. And if it's the same name as last time, fine. And if you don't wish to write the name, just say unnamed person. But you may put down there what you would like. But I ask you, I urge you, take that card now and write down on that card that name, that person, that one who you desire to reach, who you desire to invite to Christ or invite to come closer. To Christ and place it if you will in the basket and we'll tally those we'll publish those and again if you wish not to publish the person's name you can just write no name but we're praying and we are meeting to pray specifically it is not more important than this nothing is more important than this that we go to this world like Christ did. We go to those who were weary like Christ did. We go to even one like Christ did and sit with them and not to convince them, not to argue and not to entice them with gimmicks, but rather to invite them to Christ, to walk closer with Christ, to invite the one to Christ. No one, no one. No one can do this besides you. There is no other person who we can substitute for you. This now is the time I ask you to decide, to act, to come. And I also encourage you, now is the time to say that we decide to do this, to sit and invite the one to Jesus Christ.